welcome to the Build Business Acumen podcast, where we deliver practical knowledge and powerful guidance. Here is your futuristic host, Nathaniel Schooler. have a fantastic episode here for you today with Mike Tobin, OBE. He will introduce himself. This was an episode I recorded, oh, got to be a year and a half ago now, but uh, I thought it was much more appropriate to put it on this website so that you could uh, learn from one of the most inspirational business people that I've had the pleasure to meet. Okay, thank you very much. Good morning. It's uh, Mike Tobin here. Um, I, blimey, I'm, I recently ran a public company, a FTSE 250, for about 12 years. Took it from about 6 million market cap to 3 billion. Um, quite a journey, um, lots of acquisitions. Um, during that period, I took it from the main market down to AIM, took it private, consolidated in the industry, relisted and then sold it to um, uh, our biggest competitor. So that was a, a fun journey. And subsequent to that, I've uh, become plural, um, if that's the word, which is uh, there's not many of me. It just uh, it means that I'm uh, spreading my time amongst a number of non-exec roles. Um, and I have uh, around 14 non-exec roles um, currently, which uh, are based in uh, various parts of the world, um, South Africa, U.S., Moscow, Hong Kong, um, Spain, Belgium, Amsterdam, UK, uh, so all over the place. Um, do a lot of charity work. Um, uh, I'm very passionate about education, empowerment, and welfare of children in particular. Um, ran 40 marathons in 40 days last year for the Princess Trust 40th anniversary. And um, I sleep in the streets every year for Action for Children, which is for uh, to get homeless kids off the street. Um, what else do I do? I've written a, written a book uh, a couple of years ago called Forget Strategy, Get Results, which um, went down very well as a public company CEO at the time. Um, obviously, shareholders um, don't quite understand that. Of course, they do. Um, they, they, uh, they, they love the book. And uh, the second book is coming out in two months called Live, Love, Work, Prosper, which is how um, work-life balance doesn't exist. And you have to integrate them in order to succeed at both. Yeah, that's in my basically my entire business life potted into about a minute. Fantastic, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. That's 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 awesome. So so in terms of of personal branding, because I know this is you know that our, our theme is is around personal branding. Yeah. How 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 do you think personal branding sort of helped your career over the years? Well, it's it's um it's incredible how much personal branding was was um synonymous with uh, with my success and the business's success i mean i i used to have a um a business card which effectively was a caricature of myself um which which you'd pop up um like a little sort of happy families card and um and then you'd use a, an application called Blipper, B-L-I-P-P-A-R, mm -hmm. which um, you'd shine your phone on, on the business card and it'd start talking to you um, through your phone. And, um, you know, that, that my, my, the caricature even had sort of, um, you know, my, my, my shirt open down to sort of three, three buttons, which was my sort of trademark. And, and, you know, it showed my sort of necklace, which I'm still wearing today. Uh, that's the last decade of necklace there. And, and, um, you know, everything was about this, this sort of brand. And, and I used to have another business card that just said Mike on it. Um, and, you know, sort of if you, if you, if you needed any more, then you'd probably 
I didn't want to talk to you sort of thing. So <laughs> it was kind of, it, it was very much a sort of personal thing. And, and the personality, I remember as a public company, we used to go out to results and people used to say, um, well, they, they didn't bother coming to the results. They just asked people how many buttons I had undone on my shirt. So if it was like three buttons, it was a good set of results because I was confident if it was one button, then uh, it was a bad set of results. And, uh, so so it, was, it was all about the personality. So, you know, it, it was very, very much personal branding first. Mm-hmm. And then um, and then, you know, how that plays into the business. And and now, you know, obviously I have um, my my email address is Mike at Tobin CEO. So you can't really get more sort of personal branded than than that as an email address. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you're selling yourself first. You know, the the thing about the thing about life is doesn't matter what you're doing. You're always selling yourself. Right. It, it, you can be selling anything. You can be doing anything. But ultimately, it's about confidence. It's about getting people to trust you. And, um, you know, if, if you can create a sense of trust between you and someone else, then they will they will buy from you. They will believe in you. They'll engage with you. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll transact with you. But but it's about selling yourself. So, of course, personal brand is important. So, yeah, I know there's this there's this big thing of the fear of failure at the moment. And, and I know that's something that that uh, that you'd love to talk about, I think. Yeah, I, I think um, the, the, well, the, the, the chap that talk, taught me to sell. Right. So I, I, I didn't go to university. I, I did a, a degree in a, 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 an HND, if you like, higher diploma in um, electrical electronics after going for an apprenticeship um, at Rockwell and and. Uh, repairing robots and things and and then i moved into sales and the chap that taught me to sell was a guy uh, he was actually brian adams's cousin if you remember brian adams summer of 69 all that sort of thing and and um that's another story but he he said this he said like you know when when if you're if you're a i know vacuum cleaner salesperson right and and you you've got a hundred houses in front of you you know, statistically, you know that not every one of those houses is going to is going to buy your vacuum cleaner. And, and if you look at the stats, you know, you probably find, for argument's sake, let's say 80 people in that in that road already have vacuum cleaners. So they're not going to buy from you. And 20 of them don't have vacuum cleaners, but 15 of them can't afford it. And out of the five that can afford it, four of them like like your vacuum cleaner and one, uh, you know, or, or four of them don't like your vacuum cleaner and one do- does like your vacuum cleaner. So, you know. You, you know statistically that one house is going to buy the vacuum cleaner. So when you knock on a door, the likelihood of you knocking on a door that says yes straight away is really low. But actually what you should be doing is, you know, the moment, the moment you, you knock on a door and they say no thank you, you should be going rejoicing and saying yes, you know, that's, that's another step towards my success, right? So it's kind of looking at that no as a, an inevitable step you have to take towards success. So, so when you see failure, it's kind of, that process that you have to go through to achieve, right? I mean, it's very, it's very rare that people just kind of straight off the bat succeed at anything. You know, you know, you get on a bicycle, you're going to fall off first time, right? And, and even if you buy all the books about riding a bicycle there are to, to buy, you're still going to fall off the first time you get on one. So, you know, it's, 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 it's almost part of success, um, failure. So you've got to kind of embrace it that way. So you shouldn't be shouldn't be afraid of failure. It's part of it's part of the journey. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that makes makes a lot of sense for sure. So your your new book that's coming out it, it's it's called Live Love Work, work. Prosper, right? Yeah, and yeah. 
you were saying that it's 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 a lot to do with the sort of work life balance and how it doesn't it doesn't really exist and and I I, I completely resonate with that you know working on working on uh, these podcasts and you know having people from from abroad I mean I'm in Spain so I'm a similar time zone to you but I mean yeah. I have people who want to do podcasts at one o'clock in the morning and stuff <laughs> and it, so it, it's 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 kind of difficult yeah um, but I think it's just trial and error, isn't it? Or have you got a sort of formula for this? Well, I mean, look, I mean, if you look at all, you know, the, the, a couple of sort of real inspirations for me, people like uh, Nelson Mandela, you know, I mean, he's a great leader, but actually his home life was a disaster. He was he was divorced. These kids were arguing over his legacy before he was dead. You know, the whole, you know, and, and, and you kind of think to yourself, well, you know, if you if you. If you try to be one or the other to a, to a, to the ultimate extent, you're probably going to exclude the opposite dynamic. So if you've got sort of, uh, you know, if, if you want to be good at a sort of home life and you want to be good at a business life, you've got to integrate them somehow. You've got to be able to, you know, I, I, I put my mobile phone on, on the desk, on the table every time I go to dinner. And, and some people sort of say, isn't that rude? You know, you kind of have your, your, your phone on the, on the, on the, on the dining table as, as we're eating in the restaurant. And I say, well, look, you know, if, if I have businesses in, in every time zone in the world, right? And, and let's assume it once in a blue moon, they may need to contact me because there's a, there's a, a massive urgency. The chances of them needing to do that during our, our, di- our dinner time is extremely low. However, if I have my phone in my briefcase, which is in the in the um, in the cloakroom, a little bit of my brain is thinking, what could be going on on my on my phone right now? What who is trying? Who could be trying to contact me? Now that's that's wasted sort of brain cycles, right? Now if the phone is sitting on your on your on your on your table right in front of you and it's not flashing, then for me I'm a hundred percent engaged in in whatever I'm doing on the table. So you can have 100% of my brain because my phone is sitting there doing nothing, or you can have 90% of my brain because part of it is thinking what could be happening on my phone in in the cloakroom. So so for me that you know that's kind of a way of of using technology to to sort of um, help you to integrate work and life. And it's not like technology is a is a is a bad thing. Technology is a liberator, not a ball and chain. And and I, I think these are sort of sort of little little tips that we can. We can we can absorb to 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 help us get this work life work, work life integration working for us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know I did read on your on your LinkedIn profile that you left your laptop on an aeroplane and you wrote <laughs> yeah. you wrote a blog about that and I, and I, yeah. I'd love to hear about sort of you know what 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 would it feel like when it happened and. <laughs> well, you know, the funny thing is that it was it was this series of you know. We, we're, we're creatures of habit, right? And, and, um, this was the 14th of, of February, Valentine's Day. And, uh, I'd been to Brussels and, uh, coming back from Brussels, British Airways had had a cabin crew strike and they'd had to bring on a new aircraft, um, so that they could, they could use somebody else's cabin crew. And this aircraft was completely alien to me. And, and I was sitting in row one, but it was one seat on either side. Um, it was like a, it was almost like a first class long haul on a on a 40 minute flight. And it was so weird. It was just very odd and it was very nice and everything else. And I even took pictures because uh, it was so strange to be on this flight. Anyway, I was working away. But and, and then, you know, not, not having the habits of sort of sticking my computer underneath the sort of 
the tables, um, you know, in, beside me on, on, on row one, I put it in the, um, in the magazine rack in front. And, uh, and then of course the, the plane was delayed and we got, we landed and it was sitting for ages waiting for, waiting for a, 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 a gate because they, they, they couldn't get a gate that, that serviced this type of aircraft. And, and, and 14th of February, Valentine's night, my, I had a, I had a dinner with my wife planned and I was getting later and later for the dinner and it was getting panicky and all the rest of it. And then of course the moment the, the doors opened, I rushed off. And I made the made the dinner on time, and then I suddenly remembered I'd left my my laptop in the uh, in the magazine rack in front of me, and <laughs> it's this horrible sort of sense of, you know, you, you know it's sitting there, and you know exactly where where you left it, and no one could find it, of course. You know, so, somebody had either taken it out with the magazines, or somebody decided to have a a new little Christmas present of their own, but you know, didn't didn't get it. No no one sort of owned up to it in lost and found and and uh and then it was the great sort of you know when the last time when was the last time i backed up well it was probably in october last year so i had a ton of stuff on there that that just i, I could never get back so i had to start trawling through my my email and one interesting thing is if you if you've got really important stuff just email it to yourself occasionally yeah <laughs> you never you know even if your backup crashes you've always got email somewhere and, and you can reclaim things on that way but you know, everything that I'd emailed to and from was okay, but anything that I'd, I'd kind of not emailed and I just kept on my laptop, pictures, that sort of thing, that was all gone. So, uh, painful, but, you know, school fees, good lessons. Yeah, yeah. I, unfortunately, I've, I've found the biggest lessons generally, uh, come from the most pain. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. It's uh, I, I don't know. I think personally, as I've got older, I, I kind of try to learn from other people's experiences as best as I can now, really. You know. Yeah. But, well, uh, but the, the messages don't always get through until they happen to you. <laughs> you know, it's like how many people have, have said to me, oh, always back up. And, you know, it's, it's something that you kind of, you know, it, it's it, everybody tells you to back up. Everyone says, yes, they always back up. But actually. In reality, you know, you only really do it when it's when it's painful to you. Yeah, yeah. So you're 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 uh, you're you're quite involved with uh, with this children's uh, uh, homeless charity, right? I, I remember seeing seeing something because I had a look at your LinkedIn profile. And I, the images on there are absolutely fantastic. I like <laughs> the way that you know you sort of portray yourself on there. And 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 I saw the the one where you actually slept out uh, on the on on the uh, on the streets in London. It's yeah. um, quite impressive, you know, and must be very rewarding to be involved with that, actually. Well, so that one's for actual children. And um, four years ago, I started a, a thing called the CEO Sleepout, which is um, a bunch of CEOs. Uh, we get together and uh, and sleep in, in Paternoster Square in front of the London Stock Exchange. Um, so it's high profile and we raise um, around sort of £150,000 for one night each year. And so... Over four years, we've raised over half a million. And this is for homeless kids in the UK mainly. It's, um, there are around 60,000 homeless young people in the UK, which we just don't, don't realize. And it's about getting them back off the streets, getting them, you know, when, when, when kids are in the streets like that, they could be running away from violent homes. They could be running away from sort of troubled families, that sort of thing. And once they're out there, they're, they're vulnerable to, you know, getting in, involved in drugs, prostitution, all sorts of things. So you've got to get them back in off the streets and into some sort of protective environment. So 
I mean, one of the, one of the guys that did this with me once, he said, ah, oh, you know, it was really, it was painful, it was cold, it was wet, it was miserable, it was hard, because you sleep on the, on the floor, there's no, there's no tents or anything, and, and it, it, it is miserable. And he said, I, I really understand what it's like now. I said, well, you've got a glimpse of what it's like. You don't really know what it's like, because the big difference being that you knew you only had to, had to do this for an evening. And the people that, that truly are homeless, they don't have, like, an end date, right? So they, the difference is in your mind, this kind of forlorn hopelessness of just permanently being out there. Whereas, you know, when you, when you're doing it for a day, you know that tomorrow you can go home again and it's kind of, yeah, you'll survive something easily for a night, but it's really hard to think about, you know, sort of these kids, they they don't, they don't actually sleep at night because they're too worried about the, you know, being mugged or being attacked. So they, they, they stay awake all night and they try to sleep all day and, and they, there's, you know, you can't get a job, you can't get anything. It's really difficult. Yeah. And then, then they get, get sort of hooked on drugs and, and alcohol and to, exactly. to numb the, numb the pain, I imagine. Exactly. Um, yeah. It must be, it must be absolutely awful to be, to be in that place of, of, of just not knowing where you're going to sleep and what's going to happen. It must be just a permanent state of trauma for them, you know. It is, yeah, it is, and it's it's just you know, it's not it's not it's not fun. But but I mean you know there, there's lots of I mean Action for Children is one of the great causes that sort of um, help them help them out. Um, you know the, another one of the charities I work with is um, Princess Trust, which um, you know helps all sort of young people get get a get a break in life. You know, and I I know that. Yeah, my dad was in prison when I was born and it was a very violent environment and we managed to sort of escape that and, and, and become reasonably successful. But, but, you know, through any coin toss, any way, you know, any part of my life, if, if the coin had come down the other way, I'd have been a very different story. So for me, giving back in, in terms of creating opportunities for people and getting them back on the right track is, is, is very, very important. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not amusing being being uh, being unemployed. It's uh, it's very difficult, you know. But I think some some people they they just they're not destined to get a job. They're destined to work for themselves, you know. And I think it's it's kind of working out whether you you want to work for someone else or you actually want to do something on your own. And it's it's kind of a, a for some people very difficult to make that to make that break to actually you know start their business or to get a job you know when you've got all of these people around you sort of telling you what's best for you when actually you're the only one really that can sort of decide you know yeah indeed and and you know there's a obviously you know getting getting a job is 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 a necessity in terms of getting an income but it's also a necessity in terms of sort of you know, self, self-respect or, or, you know, self-worthiness and all that sort of thing. So I think a lot, a lot of it is giving people, you know, the ability to have self-respect and, and, you know, everyone has a choice in life, right? And, and, you know, but, but having a choice is important. Yeah. Yeah. So what, uh, what are you working on at the moment that's really exciting you apart from your book, obviously? <laughs> well, um, I'm I'm actually planning another um, major charitable um, adventure, but I can't talk about it because um, it's 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 uh, still in still in the uh, still in the wrappers, but it'll be for next year. But last year I did 40 marathons in 40 days, um, which was quite a quite an experience. um, Which I which I don't which I don't want to replicate. I don't even run for a bus now, but um, (laughs) that was quite a challenge. Um, 
and uh, and and of course uh, I'm 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 sort of involved in in a number of very very exciting projects. One one of them that I'm chairman of out of Bristol University is a thing called Ultra Haptics. It's um it's the it's the utilization of ultrasound to create the sensation of touch. Um so so it's kind of pairing with um with with virtual reality and and you know giving the last sort of missing link of virtual reality which is giving you um physical feedback again. Um it's it's quite a quite an amazing sort of technology but you know you can you can you can google that ultra haptics but it's um that that's that's a lot of fun and um my south african business is uh, going great guns as well so i enjoy going out there and uh, and and uh you know having having the, uh, the 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 luxury of having businesses in 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 different places gives you the opportunity to travel and continue continue travel um, yeah, and uh, I go to Spain regularly, as, as you know, you're in Spain, but my, my, my visits are all in Madrid for a business out there that I have with um, Carlisle, the private equity house. And, uh, you know, lots of, lots of different things going on. And, you know, obviously, um, combined with the book, the charity, you know, it's, it's, it's a busy old time. Yeah, yeah, you're you're a busy busy gentleman. I actually I've I had a I've got a fantastic friend of mine and she she raises money for charity. She she's done a lot of work with sort of Great Ormond Street and stuff. But she uh, she did the Marathon des Sables. Oh um, yeah, so and, that's one. Yeah, and and absolutely amazing. And but unfortunately, she only I think I think it's six marathons in five days in in the Sahara Desert, isn't it? With, with it, yeah. carrying your own uh, your own pack. And That's all it. the water that you need. Yeah. yeah. And she actually did, I think she did four, and then she had a ruptured intestine. So she had to go oh, to hospital. Oh. So it's unfortunate. But, you know, um, I think it, it must be very, very rewarding. So it, do you think people should sort of do charity work alongside their, their, if they're trying to really make it? Or do you think they should kind of... How does it how does it sort of work? Did you did you do charity work all the time whilst you were building up these this business your first yeah. Uh, business or yeah it's it's um charity for me for me it's kind of it's keeping your feet on the ground as well I mean you know successful business can get to your head quite quite quickly and and um you know you think you're kind of you know unbeatable or whatever else if, if things are going really really well your share price is flying all these good things and and you just got to got to realize that you know, I, I'm a great I'm a great believer in sort of, um, you know, low taxes and, you know, a very conservative approach to life. Mm-hmm. But on the basis that, you know, by 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 becoming um, self-sufficient, you then have to give back. So rather than being forced to sort of, um, you know, be a be a socialist you, you know, you want to be a conservative and choose to be a socialist, if you know what I mean. So it's it, rather than being forced to pay taxes, you want to you want to pay no taxes and then and then help people. <laughs> and, and, and I guess not everyone's there, but that's that's my sort of belief. Right. And, and you know, when, when you're on an airplane and they, they give you your, um, your your sort of security warning at the or security briefing at the beginning of every flight and they say in the event of an emergency and, you know, pre- decompression of the cabin and these these masks oxygen masks will drop down in front of you and then they say something very important they say always make sure that your mask is fitted before you before helping anyone else and I, and I think you know there's a lesson there right so get yourself in order get yourself comfortable get yourself right but then right make sure that everyone else around you is is okay and it, and if we can if we can be self-sufficient and then help everyone that we touch 
then you know th- that that's the basis of true socialism i believe right not not forcing people to to help because they pay extra tax and begrudge paying the extra tax if you know what i mean yeah. i know i'm getting political there but but that's <laughs> but that's the way that's the way i believe you know life should be yeah that's that's a similar similar philosophy that i have as well actually so so do you think like people's egos can kind of get out of get out of hand i mean that's that's kind of what we're we're sort of talking around really you know certainly in 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 with success you can kind of just get you think you're top of the world don't you and and, and that's yeah. why i like i like the fact that you you said you know keep your feet on the ground you know yeah i mean so we we all suffer and I'd say that in this sort of loose term, we all suffer from from being slightly um, sort of egoistical. And when things go well, we you know we we our chest comes out and you know we we stand a bit taller and everything else, and that's all great. And and we should we should embrace um, success and and and, and achievements uh, you know in a positive fashion. But I think the 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 key is that you know you sort of also realize that success isn't permanent. Right. And, 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 you know, you, you have to continue to deliver. You have to continue to be successful. And, you know, any, any successful football team is only as good as look at Leicester City last year. You know, you know, it, it's, it's kind of, you've got to keep doing it. Right. And if you don't keep doing it, then, then you, then you cease to be successful. Yeah. Um, but then, but then in a similar fashion, you know, failure isn't fatal either. You know, if you fail, it doesn't mean to say you're a failure. Um, you know, it's one step towards success. Um, as we said at the beginning, it's, it's, you know, failure is, is only another way of not, of knowing how not to do something. So, you know, if, if you kind of look at success as being non-permanent and failure as being non-fatal, then you have a good outlook on life, I think. Thank you for sharing that. I think, uh, our listeners will find this, this very interesting. Yeah. Um, so, Back to back to the personal branding. Um, I think it's I think it's it's certainly a fundamental. Everyone I kind of speak to who's who's very successful, her, the general majority of them have sort of built their personal brand alongside their business brand. And yeah. sometimes they focus more on one, and then and then and then they realise that they need to build the other. But you sort of grew was your personal brand quite closed and quite and quite sort of uh, private to start with or was it very public uh, of your opinions and, and everything in the press and stuff like this well i think i think um up until uh sort of halfway through my telecity days i really didn't have a personal brand at all um and being sort of ceo of a public company that's very successful and is flying you become a face um that people want to talk to you become the reference point and you are the symbol of the company and that started me on the road of of creating a personal brand and and um you know once once that once that kind of took off in a way the the personal brand was was as important if not more you know more of a focus than than the business brand and uh you know that that then that then worked very well um and then it, it kind of came in very useful once I left Telecity because, you know, it was what's Mike going to do rather than what's the business, you know, who else has taken over in the business. It's OK, where's Mike going now? What's Mike going to do? You know, can I use Mike? So it, it's I think it's very, very important to have that 
that personal brand it's um it's it's got more longevity than than a business than 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 your business relationship if you know what i mean so you know you you want it to be able to touch a business but you want it to be able to continue through different businesses um as your as your career evolves yeah and of course i you know i'm i'm kind of plural i don't have a a specific um business for for you know that that i'm associated with i have i have almost an industry that i'm associated with um but but you know it's it's very much it's very much a kind of a mic a mic brand rather than a than a business brand for me now fantastic well i, I can't thank you enough for uh, for sharing sharing all of this great uh, great information with people and yeah, I think everyone should uh, should obviously go out and buy your book when it's when it's been uh, when it's been uh, launched, right? You you you're launching that in about a month's time, aren't you? Yeah, I think it's on it's on um, it's on Amazon already as a kind of a pre pre pre-release. I think 20th of July they're saying on there, which was news to me. I thought it was going to be a bit earlier than that, but obviously they're they're uh, they're, they're setting expectations correctly. Um, but yeah, the the other one is um, forget strategy, get results. That one's uh, that one's already out there, so. Um, yeah, you're gonna have a lot of fun with that one as well. There's gonna be some tech in the new one, actually. We're gonna try and um, we're gonna try and uh, use use that blipper technology. And so when you shine, when when you put your phone on various images in the book, it'll uh, it'll start sort of riffing and talking to you through your phone. So it's gonna be quite interesting. Oh, well, that's quite a good idea. I, don't, I mean, up until up until sort of fairly recently, I don't think they've really they haven't really bridged that gap, have they? With with sort of blipper and, and books you know it, nothing really that engaging that i that's I've right it's, it's um you know we're trying to trying to get something that's more sort of you know rather than just a a book you you want something that's that's um that goes beyond it and and sort of brings 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 the the message into people's lives rather than just sitting in the book that you have to open up yeah it's a bit like it's a bit like uh, blending offline marketing with online isn't it exactly yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> well i'd love to love to meet up for a coffee sometime if you're over in madrid or whatever uh once i've moved i'm just about to move to down to the halon halon they say uh valley so i'd love to love to meet up or perhaps when i when i'm in london we'll have a coffee or something and a, sounds and, Thanks so much for listening. Please subscribe and wherever you prefer, share with your friends. And if you enjoyed the show, drop us a review on iTunes or wherever you listen.